Once you turn 72, your face gets turned into Swedish meatballs. This is Spoilers. This is Spoilers. Dude, that was so nasty. Ugh. Like, <laughs> that was so that awesome. That was so terrifying, but we'll get into that in a bit. I am your co-host, Stevie, tonight, and we have a, just a really small skeleton crew because, quite frankly, we're supposed to be doing the Darjeeling Limited tonight, and Josh has put, pushed us off for like a month. So here we are tonight doing Mid-Solmar. And as always with me, when we do A24 movies, is my best friend in the entire world, Pappy. Hello, this is Pappy, recording from Denver. You're my best friend, too. I am so excited to do this. What have we done together? We've done The Lobster. We've done... I feel like The the Lobster was the first big A24 jump off. It comes at night. Like These are some of my favorite movies to do. Love them or hate them. They're always so fun to talk about. And I'm a big fan of this movie. I almost get that out of the way. Big, big time fan. And you, did you see this opening night? Um, no, I saw it, uh, the first Friday, so last Friday, uh, that it came out, uh, in Minnesota. I saw it with Spoiler Woman, my lovely girlfriend, and we walked out of the theater and we were both just kind of like in a daze, like, what the <laughs> fuck did we just watch? Like, it's, it takes it out of you. It's a journey. Like, in your, you're, it's not like you can do this and then do like word problems afterwards. It's kind of like the last thing you I do. I feel in like the day. there's an uncomfortable silence, like <laughs> post film, a good 10 minutes. It's a good thing our relationship is uh, pretty secure. Otherwise, this would be a pretty tough movie to watch if you're like oh about to God. go through a breakup if, or something. If you're in a rocky relationship where you're not on good footing with your significant other, do not go see this movie. Yeah. Or if you have like a best friend who's in a terrible relationship, advise <laughs> this movie. Either yeah. or. Either which way to go. But, Pat, this movie starts off so gloom. Like, real, mm-hmm. like on a real bummer. What goes down? Well, we find out that uh, our main character, whose name is Danny, played by Florence Pugh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen her in anything else of you. She's going to be in the upcoming Little Women, which is going to be a big movie. But Is that going to be a big movie? I think so. It's Greta Gerwig, and she's pretty well-liked, especially yeah, after Lady Bird. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. I feel like I feel like Little Women hit peak like on the Hallmark Channel in the 90s. But, um... <laughs> Built an audience. But yeah, she, she's concerned <laughs> about her sister committing suicide. Or her, she's concerned about her sister. Like She sent like a cryptic email, and it turns out she committed a murder... Excuse me, a murder-suicide of uh, her family. So, And like, there's also that opening tapestry that I sent you to... Um, Tells the entire story. Yeah, it's like the opening shot of the movie. It was commissioned by like some artist guy, but like, yeah, in the left, it's like black. You see the 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 tubes and the skulls, and then you see like going to Sweden, and you see the maypole. It's like the whole story is like laid out. You see the Pied Piper luring the people. It's so awesome. (laughs) It's such a creative touch. The movie starts very bleak and very dark, but then from there, like the colors are totally light. Basically, Um, do you want to talk about the rest of the crew too? Because we have Christian. Who's her boyfriend? How would you describe Christian? Jack Rayner, Three Movie Club. Okay, so I heard five different people like call him different names throughout this movie. Is it Christian, Kristen, Christian? Which one is it? I like Christian because I feel like that was an intentional choice given the nature of like the pagan rituals. I thought that was clever. Um, yeah. But I don't know. And and he's also in... Did you recognize him? He's the stepbrother in Sing Street. Sing Street. Street. 
Yeah. yeah. He's also in Free Fire. My, my spoiler was going to also be uh, the stepbrother from Sing Street gets burned in a bear suit. Uh, that, was my, <laughs> <laughs> that was my backup spoiler. But he's... Dude, I, I, I kind of feel bad for him. Like, he does some shitty things at points in this movie, which are unforgivable. Unforgiv- but, like, he just wants to break up with this chick and then her family dies, and then he can't. And that's basically why everything happens to him. <laughs> yeah, so Ari Aster did the same thing with Hereditary it is with this movie, and throughout these two films, you're never on even footing. Like, mm-hmm. ever. Like, you're never on even footing. And so, like, Jack, I mean, not, uh, Jack Rayner, uh, Christian, and Danny have been in this relationship for about four years now, and he's just tired of it. He's had it. It sounds like she's full of drama, he just wants mm-hmm. to get out of it. And his friends aren't supportive of his relationship either. And by circa, I mean, it's pretty terrible how it happens, though. After the murder-suicide, he feels, like, compelled to stay with her because of what happened. And that just makes the relationship even worse. Mm-hmm. Very uh, graphic uh, showing of the murder-suicide, too. Like, what she did was she took the pipes uh, she she hooked up some like tubes to the the tailpipes of her of her car, family's cars, ran yeah. them inside, stuck it in her parents' room, and then she like like, she, like duct taped one to her face, and there was like puke everywhere. Did you see that? Like, yeah, she also like duct taped yeah. the door underneath so air like they would poison mm-hmm. her parents faster. Yeah. Like it was uh, gruesome. It was gruesome, but okay. So on the off chance that you haven't seen this movie, I feel like that opening scene really isn't like indicative of the rest of the movie because like not at her, all. The crew, Christian's crew, who you're talking about, they're actually pretty funny. Like, you got, uh, William Jackson Harper. He's from The Good Place, uh, What the Fork, who plays Josh, who's kind of like his <laughs> academic rival. Uh, there's, there's a Swedish guy himself. How do you say his name? Pele? Pele. Pele? Pele. He, he's the one who's like bringing them to this festival. And then I, I thought it was a really standout performance. Uh, he's actually one of my favorite actors today. Will Poulter. I love Poulter. Will Poulter. Yeah, Mr. Eyebrows himself. Uh, what, <laughs> what do you, you describe eyebrows? <laughs> <laughs> how, do, how would you describe the character of Mark, dude? Because he's he's hilarious, and he's so, the comic relief of this movie that Hereditary doesn't have. So Mark is not like a true academic like Christian and Josh are. Doesn't like, seem to be. He's he's not, and Will is like any mid twenties person would be at this point in their life. He's not married. He's single. And he, like, thinks the idea of, like, Sweden, like, Swedish beaches, you know, Swedish women going to nightclubs, like, kind of having, like, a European experience during the summer. Like, that's what, in his mind, he's going to. And he's extremely immature. Yeah, I just saw Spider-Man Far From Home, and, uh, like, when they go to Europe, like, the kids are all, like, you know, trying to hook up with girls. But that makes sense, because they're, like, high schoolers. These kids are, like, in grad school, and, like, he's taking this experience in Sweden, and he's, like planning on partying and like banging all these Swedish chicks and like he has a vape with him the whole time and every time he hits the vape I freaking crack up it's so funny he's doing it inappropriate times just totally disrespectfully like nobody else has a vape it's really funny but like you were saying like they they, they're going on this trip to Sweden and Christian kind of gets or Christian kind of gets like bullied into taking his his girlfriend who's on the rocks like with him Uh, can you explain something to me yeah. Like when he like closes the friend group off and he says mm-hmm. like she's coming but she's not actually coming. What did he mean by that? Well, I think it was kind of one of those things where he offered and like he was kind of hoping that she would say no 
And like we've all been there, right? Where it's not not so much that, but where you're kind of like you promise two groups of people conflicting things, and you're just hoping it kind of like works out, and it didn't. Yeah, like you're work just kind out. of hoping you didn't have to actually do yeah. something. <laughs> yeah, and the best part is Will Poulter, Mark, the whole time is like just clowning on him, and like he's just so pissed about this whole situation. Like he pulls him in a different room, and like is clearly mad. Like it's it's super awkward and obvious, but but also comedic, like really funny. It is a funny movie. Did you notice this about Ari Aster? Like, he does a lot of this in Hereditary, which I know you're a big fan of. Hopefully, we spoil that. Um, big, big fan. Someday. But he does a lot of, like, creative shots in Hereditary. Like, I'm thinking of, like, with the, the dollhouse uh, and how it relates oh, to the, yeah. the big people. And even with the, the house in the backyard, like, the last shot of that movie is, like, really coolly framed, just black and in the in the triangle of the house. But, like, in this, he has, like... So many great transitions and the cinematography is so phenomenal. Like I'm thinking of the one that where they're on the plane or like she like runs into the bathroom because she's crying like from that scene in the apartment. This is after Pella like said sorry. Like he's like condolences. And he wants her to go too. Like he sees something in her which is important. But she like runs to the bathroom crying and like the camera like pans up so it would be as though you're looking from like the second story of this building down on the bathroom and as she opens the door to the bathroom it actually leads to the bathroom on the plane and it's pretty phenomenal yeah he did a lot of that in hereditary too because he like you and i talked about this in great detail but he made the house in hereditary like into a maze where the Mm -hmm. camera could literally go in and out of each room like flawlessly and that's the way he did it when it panned over and there's a pretty cool transition to like from the start of the movie to like the I always say this about films like where a movie actually begins and mm-hmm. that's when they get to Sweden and when they're on the road and he, I don't know how he did if it was a drone shot or not Dude, but he yeah. flipped the road upside down. Mhm. And it's super slow, it's uncut. Like it might have been with some CGI but it feels real and like I've never seen anything like that in a movie. It was really trippy from the very start. Cool shot. Speaking of trippy, dude, like, so they take mushrooms, right, and they get to Sweden. How, I feel like, I, I talked to a friend who has first-hand knowledge of psychedelics, and he said that it's very accurate to the psychedelic experience. Um, what do you think about, like, yeah, also was yeah. texting with a friend who seemed pretty active in the psychedelic uh, circle, mm-hmm. and he said about this film that uh, it was pretty spot-on from people's attitudes to, like, even Mark saying, like, hey, can you, like, lay down? Like, can you, like, lay down? Like, I like it <laughs> when you lay down. down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, so or like, when he pointed at that guy, and he's like, who's this guy? Who's, who, I don't like him. Who, who's that guy? Like, yeah. extremely accurate. But he also told me that, like, under no circumstances should Danny have partaken in psychedelic mushrooms at that part. Like, no reasonable human being was like, yeah, you should do this. Yeah, absolutely not. She's peer pressured into it by a group of friends. And, and my friend who I was texting with told me that, you know, it's all about set and setting. If you have any doubt about doing them, you sure probably shouldn't be doing them, is what he told me. So, like, it was just, even, like, the way that she freaked out was so accurate to, like, bad trips of, you know, that, that you'll see, like, on a college campus where someone's, like, everyone's laughing at me, you know what I mean? Like, super paranoid. Like, that was pretty spot on and, and fantastic. But, like, so that she passes out, and they go into the village, and this is like. And Jack, the movie I, mean, really I keep calling going. him Jack. It's Christian seemed like really angry when he found her. He like seemed like really ticked. It was pretty shitty of them to like make their make her take it, and then like be shitty that she had a bad trip. Like that was yeah, not cool. Yeah. It's like I've been out. Well, we, we found you here six hours later. Like he was like, <laughs> oh geez, like you should be like worried about your longtime girlfriend. 
I don't which know. Which what? Which what? Like a strange greeting. You know what I mean? Like they're just out in this field, and like the dude who walks up to him, like Pele's like brother, Ingmar. or something. Yeah. Which I don't think we noted this already, but he mentions that his parents burned in a fire. Uh, which mm-hmm. will kind of come into come into crystallization at the end of the movie, like what that exactly means. But um, he uh. Like his, his, yeah, his buddy Ingmar just comes up and he's got all these like giant peg of shrooms. Like, what kind of a <laughs> greeting? <laughs> hey, I know you just landed. If you don't Party. like the shrooms, we have tea. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's not the issue. And he with him has two um, British people, British couple that are engaged, Connie and Simon, whose mm-hmm. fates are absolutely terrifying. Yeah, exactly. And like, I thought they were a nice touch to the movie because like, Everyone is acting pretty realistically, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know if this mm-hmm. is like a pure horror movie per se. Uh, Ari Aster himself actually called it more of a fairy tale and a melodrama uh, than mm-hmm. a horror movie. But like, it, it it helps to have them as characters too because they're like, let's get the fuck out of here as soon as things start getting wonky. Which do you want to kind of talk about that? So, like, what's going on at this ceremony? Okay, so I so the first ceremony. They bring out these, like, two, like, old people. They're elders. Definitely elders of the group. And they kind of, like, raise torches with them. And they're definitely, like, the main focal point of the first, like, opening ceremony of Midsummer. Which, mm-hmm. can you explain something to me real quick? I have, like, I need to go see this movie again. But, um, is Midsummer every year, but this was just, like, the 90th? This How does it work? Uh- I feel like this is one of the problems that I have with the movie and, and it's and loose. Can, it's real loose. I'll touch on it more. I, I do think it's one of the better horror films of the decade, but I think that another month or two of editing actually would have really served this, this movie. Uh, I was listening to an interview with Ari Aster and he was saying that he, he literally finished editing it, quote unquote, finished editing it like a two weeks or a week before the film came out. So it's like he was working up until the deadline and they moved it up from August to July. And I feel like the problem with this movie is it, it straddles the line of having too much exposition and like not enough because it's really confusing as to the ritual or the cadence around the ceremony. Like they say it's every 90 years, but everyone seems to know exactly what's going on. And there's like also there's like 30 pictures of May Queens. Yeah. It's like, hey, like, come on. How would that even be possible? And they're talking about how it's like the hottest summer in recent memory, but that they're only doing this every 90 years. So, and just given like what these old people are about to do, they say that like, okay, so basically your, your life's in like four parts. It's like eight, zero to 18, 18 to 36, 36 to 54, and 54 to 72. And like once Spring, you get to summer, se- fall, winter. Exactly. It's like a circle. And then once you get to 72, you basically commit this like ritualistic, suicide uh well so they were kind of like leading the dinner party like everyone sat and stood when they did but then they jumped off a cliff and this is kind of like what my opening spoiler was it's like the the the, the old lady two brain older people explodes on a rock explodes on a rock like like some canon b schlock in all of its glory it is awesome yeah and like you think like Yo, she hit a rock, not that bad. And then the mm-hmm. camera zooms in real quick and like shows her face just flopping around. It's just gruesome. Nasty, awesome, hilarious gore. Like I laughed out loud in the theater and I was the only one and spoiled a woman looked over at me like with disgust. <laughs> I, thought, <laughs> I thought it was so funny. Um, but yeah, I, and then the dude jumps 
and he doesn't die. I got some like PTSD gasping. from that dude. Yeah, and he's gasping for air. And this is something that I want to talk about too, at kind of like a thematic level that I think is important. Did you notice that, like how in this community, and I do kind of want to tie this into other A twenty four horror movies as well, like Hereditary and, and The Witch. Like, there's always a, a protagonist who feels uh, like disassociated with their family or their group of friends. Mm-hmm. And then there is this dark element. And in that dark element, they find a new family and a new community that embraces them. That happens to Anna Taylor join the witch that happens to, I forget his name. Um, and uh, that's like, that's like beat for beat ladybird. Yeah. Hereditary. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it makes sense. Like they're, they're targeting these, these movies to, to teenagers and teenagers feel, you know, like estranged from their family. Mm-hmm. And that's like the whole thing is like dark teenagers are being to, Oh yeah, man, it's a, it's a happy ending without the good guys winning essentially. Yeah. But, but like when the old guy jumps off the cliff and is and gasping for, well, yeah, well, they're all like, <laughs> They're, they're all, all like, booing him. Well, they're booing him, but they're also kind of like, do, like mimicking him. You know what I mean? And like, another yeah. times, like, like when the, when the people are burning in the end, spoiling or they're like, all the people are screaming with them. It's like that group, that family is like hyper sympathetic to the grief and the pain of others in the group. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which is like what Did Danny's looking for. He like for. gnarled up his leg too. And as someone who's broken his leg in three places and taken the ankle <laughs> off the bone, I had a oh, tough God. time looking at that, dude. Dude, it was like, nasty. It was so nasty. <laughs> Do you remember how they dispatch him? Okay, yeah. So I noticed this when they were walking over to Dead Jump Mountain. Um, there was this girl carrying uh, Molnir Thor's hammer, like along with her. And I was like, <laughs> huh, that's interesting. What are we going to use that for? Dubro didn't die. So she walks over there. I imagine she's the daughter. Mm-hmm. I-, I think there was two daughters. And the daughter goes over there and smashes his face and kills him, hands it back to the sister, and she does the same thing. And at this point, mistakes were made by Connie and Simon. They were making a real scene about this. Okay, well, first of all, how fucked up is it? Because I'm not missing this right. Josh, the guy from The Good Place. This is where it got real loose, Pap, and this is the only part of the movie that bothered me. He knew that was going to happen, didn't he? Like he's like he knew that was, should happen. He like in in he's in he's very bright. He's probably they're the studying, brightest yeah. person in this group. They're studying this. It's like part of their dissertation. Or he's their like a, or, he's like obsessed with like this commune. Like he's been mm-hmm. studying it. He wants to write about it. How hard would it have been to pull Danny aside and say, "Hey, you probably shouldn't go tomorrow," or like, "Hey guys, like this is like I'm gonna go, but you don't have to." It seems pretty honestly. Like, it's cruel. egregious. It's cruel on his part because, like, her parents died in a murder-suicide, and this is a ritualistic suicide. Like, of course, she's going to be upset. And then, like, even Christian's reaction is, like, so unsympathetic. You it's know what stoic. I mean? Like, he's like, he wants to stay and, like, study them. And, like, he changes his thesis to be about that, which is pretty funny that they're, like, fighting over it. They're having a thesis war. That on, was a about part this, of the like, movie, I think, that could have been edited out. I agree. Yeah, could have. The the thesis like PhD like you know, graduate school dissertations of like I'm doing this. Now you're I think that could have been taken out and the movie yeah. would have stayed the exact same. Another weird part about that scene too and I don't I really don't understand this choice cuz it doesn't seem to serve the story in any way is that for some reason Will Poulter isn't there at that <laughs> ceremony. Like he's like he literally goes I'm going to take a nap. 
And then they come back. He's like, damn, I missed the best part. And like, I guess that's a funny line, but like, why, what are you talking about? Like, why, who's going to take a nap in the middle of this like ceremony? That makes no sense. No like, sense. And like, the other part too is Pella, I think he calls it like a bashtup or something like that. Like, Josh immediately recognizes that word and he asks Pella, like, an actual one. And Pella looks at him and goes, it's pretty actual. Like, yeah. Like, hey, this is like going down. And I, like, Ari Aster is a great director and a great writer, but this was played really loose. Yeah. Like, common sense really flew out the window at this point. And and I don't want to like cinema sense the movie, but I, I would like to also point out that Hereditary came out in June of 2018. We're recording this in July of 2019. And I talked about this on Us. I don't understand the rush. Like I thought Jordan Peterson or Jordan Peterson. I did that again. Jordan Peele. <laughs> God damn it. Jordan Peele rushed it after like two years after Get Out. I don't see the you point. You thought that was a quick turnaround. I don't see the point in like... Ari was was saying in that interview that he that he was like 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 story like uh like storybooking the shots like while Hereditary was coming out he flew to Hungary on June 9th the day after Hereditary premiered in the United States like why not slow down a little bit and just tighten it up I I think these are fair criticisms given that he's trying to flex and put out two movies in 13 months like don't, well, don't you isn't think that so? like isn't that all sophomore like art though is like someone like spends a good part of their life like investing themselves into one project and mm. then they rush it on their second and they just miss things. I just like, don't, I think it's yeah. a fair criticism just to wait. Yeah. And like even I guess I mean, again, like I thought the film turned out pretty well. But even like we're talking about things that could have been cut just to save some time uh, or, or like clean up the story, I think would have really helped. But like th- this next part of the film, though, is really strong because like we have like the local it's a lot of exposition, but it's done through the lens of these two competing academics like trying to gather information to write their thesis christian's a lazy academic true he does he does steal the thesis idea but i mean yeah. like you'll agree though it's, it's not bad exposition when it's done like this it kind of it's kind of cool did i mean did anything stand out like there's those runes that are like oh let's the talk runes about the runes yeah 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 that, that have like a like each rune like each part of a rune has like a different like um how would i say this like emotion to it Mm-hmm. And like that's how they read it, and also the way they wrote their um, scripture is through an inbred person. I don't know if it was male or female. Yeah. Um, was like hand painting like these paintings, and mm-hmm. then the elders get together, study them, and interpret the scripture off that. So, do you think? Okay, here's again where the the story is kind of frustrating because does let's skip ahead. Will Poulter. Pisses on a sacred tree. Yeah, it's one of those movies. <laughs> okay, that's one of my favorite parts. <laughs> it is hilarious, especially how the Swedish guy's like trying to trying to fight him at the time. He's well, so at, at the dinner table later, it's my favorite. It's the funniest line of the whole movie is when he sits down. He's like, "That guy's still pissed," and he looks at him and he goes, "Is he gonna kill me?" <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, so he pissed on the tree, but then he becomes one of those things. Am I wrong? Did I see that, or am I crazy? What's that? I thought Will Poulter became like. What happens to Will Poulter? He gets killed, or he becomes one of those things, or what? Because after got ki- he got killed, they cut off his face. Okay, and then the oh. inbred person wore his face as a mask. Oh shit! That makes so much more sense. Okay, never mind. So yeah, so then they need people like Will Poulter 
and like Christian to come in and insert new, and I guess kind of Danny too, to insert yeah. new like DNA in the group basically. Right. Like that's, yeah. That's the whole point is like, how does this commune keep growing without overlapping and incest? And that's like when the, the main elders talking to Josh and like, kind of like their sacred temples when he was like, well, we have outsiders join and, you know, sometimes cousins do get involved, but you know, mm-hmm. we, we don't do incest around here, which is not the truth. Yeah. It's very <laughs> strange. And like, um, this is also the part of yeah. the movie where like something is becoming amiss. Uh, mm-hmm. especially with the whole Connie and Simon situation, because they're done. They're like leaving. Yeah. They want to get out. And all of a sudden, one of the elders comes to Connie and was like, Oh, Simon left the train station. Uh, we'll send a vehicle back for you. And they're like, that makes no sense. That makes no sense. And at this scene, when Will Poulter sits down, like later on, they're like, have you seen Connie? Because before we hear her screaming, like for bloody murder, uh, mm-hmm. we just hear her screaming and uh he was like, yeah, I saw her like running for a sprinting competition earlier and we have to assume that she's dead as well. So something's definitely amiss. Yeah, something's weird. And like uh, the other thing is, too, is that there's a lot of like visual foreshadowing in this film. Like we mentioned, obviously, the the tapestry at the beginning that literally foreshadows Explains the whole movie, <laughs> the entire story. But even then within in this, like, it's a great production design on the camp. And there's always like like weird paintings and art things that are like alluding to what to what will happen. And like like one of them is like a bear burning, uh, which is pretty cool. But another one is like pretty on the nose and pretty straightforward the camera does a right to left pan and it tells the story of like it's like a of the love rune. painting yeah it, te- of, it tells the story of the love rune a woman like falls in love with a man and like she has like big hearts for eyes like it's super on the nose and what is she, she like clips some pubes and she puts clips in the pubes puts it yeah. in a human meat she, they were eating humans right i'm not i, th- I think maybe yeah i think uh, i think the very beginning when you're eating those meat pies, they were eating Simon. I'm almost a thousand percent positive. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, the, she like clips her pubic hair, puts it in a meat pie, then drops her period blood and juice. And then <laughs> they fall in love around a giant ceremony. It's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. Yeah. Like that part was pretty gross, but also pretty awesome. I'm not going to lie. I Which part? It. The whole period blood stuff. <laughs> it was kick-ass. Uh, like, okay, like, yeah. So you you really had to be paying attention at this point, but Christian's drinking the only red drink in camp. Mm-hmm, like, exactly. the only one. <laughs> and, like, even, like, the way that the camera pans, like I, like I said, it's kind of on the nose, but it shows that story. And, like, it kind of, like, ends, and then Christian's just, like, standing right there at the end of that storyboard. She's like, oh, shit, he's got to get love potioned by some period blood. <laughs> like, the fact that he's, like... Ari, like, Ari Aster tells you that's going to happen, and then they go to the meal, and like, there's just like the sense of dread, which he does so well. Hereditary in this, like, they're more filled with a sense of dread than they are scary, which is they're great. not. Yeah, they're not suspenseful jump scares. They're just mm-hmm. very unsettling, unnerving films. Yeah, let's tie up a couple of these storylines. So, like, like we mentioned, Will Poulter pisses on a tree, gets killed. Uh, Josh who's originally going to write the thesis on this place, the one who knew about like the, the ceremony with the suicide. He, what did he try to do? He, he put on his shoes at night. And I thought like, oh, this guy's going to be smart. He's going to run away. But he tries, to steal, he tries to steal one of the t- sacred books and gets uh, hit over the head, right? With Molnar's hammer. Yeah. So, yeah, um, yeah it's... So he's dead. I, I don't know. This part annoyed me because I feel like it was 
uh, character to serve plot and not plot to serve character. Which one? Which character? Josh's. So, like, he's, like, an academic. He's very bright. He's also an anthropology, like, major. Like, this is his life. And you think he would be, like, sympathetic to, like, not disobeying, like, this commune. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. they repeatedly told him. So, it didn't make a lot of sense for me that, like, he would throw logic out the window and also, like, his inner intuition, like, as an anthropological studier, to, like, mm. go and break the rules and norms like that. I thought that was the laziest death in the whole movie. Yeah, it didn't seem to fit his character. Like At either all. He ha- either he has to believe that people are actively being murdered, and if that's the case, he's choosing to, like, hang around in this place where his friends are being killed, or he doesn't believe that, in which case he's just a total disrespectful jerk that we didn't even realize. And it kind of calls into question, maybe he did know about the suicide and was just being an asshole to Danny. Like, that I don't know. could be... It doesn't seem to be that way though. The characters kind of have like a niceness about. It. I don't know. It doesn't seem. Like Josh seemed nice. Yeah, he, not cruel. Not so. cruel. Like even like Mark was a jerk, but there wasn't like malice in it. I didn't think. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of these characters are nice. And uh, what was I going to say? There was a great line after that, like Quilt telling the story about how Christian's going to fall in love with that very young girl. Very yeah. young. Spoiler woman suggested to me a spoiler, something like uh, a Christian damn near fucks a child and gets burned alive or something like that. <laughs> it would have been pretty funny, too. <laughs> Dude, she was probably 13, 14 years old. That was but, weird. Um, I love that part where Christian just goes, so there's a bear. Like, why is the bear in a cage? And Ingmar just goes, yeah, it's a bear. And it just keeps walking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That is pretty funny. <laughs> there's some great lines, but um, so throughout this film – um, this is really like a, I almost call it like a relationship drama between Danny and Christian. They're being pulled apart mm-hmm. in separate directions. And the reason I say it's like an uneven footing film is like Danny's kind of coming into her own with this group. Like they're like mm-hmm. starting to accept her. They're like kind of championing her. And exactly. Christian's being like kind of like placed at the wayside, like little mm-hmm. by little. And that takes us into the dancing festival. My yes. favorite scenes of the entire movie. What'd you think of it? It's so awesome. Like the music is so great. The choreography is so great. The costumes are so great. The colors are so great. Everything about this is phenomenal. The way it's Danny's shot, tripping on shrooms at this point. Yeah, exactly. We're returning to kind of that trippy vision, which is very like disorienting as an audience member. I, I if you're listening to this and you have an opportunity to go see this on a big screen because like the feeling You have to that you'll get like and if you can go like really late at night like stevie did or like i we i went pretty late at night too the 10 10 so, show man i didn't get home till 1 30 in the morning it'll just like kind of like just throw you off for like the next 12 hours or so it's like so disorienting but like that and like when people are hallucinating or drugged you know it because mm-hmm. um ari aster through cgi or how he did it is having like the environment around them breathe and distort behind mm-hmm. the main characters and it's so exactly neat. one of the most uh notable ones is like there's a flower on danny's head and it keeps getting bigger and smaller it kind of looks like a, a pupil like getting breathing. bigger and smaller yeah and like you can't cannot stop staring at it like i'm having a flashback right now just like thinking about it but but yeah the dance scene is awesome it's basically dance till you drop last person standing wins um and then like this is also, I don't know if you noticed this, this is like the first time you see Florence Pugh, a.k.a. the character Danny, like, smile. She's, like, 
as I said, like she's like coming into her own in this scene. Like she's yeah. like having fun with the girls or teaching her things. Mm-hmm. And like when she starts like twisting with the dance and getting down to the routine, she's like genuinely happy. There's one point where she's like, I'm speaking Swedish. I'm speaking Swedish. My favorite, like dude, that part was so funny. Yeah, it's 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 really beautiful and it doesn't seem, you know, horrific in any way. And like to contrast that from like some of the scenes from Hereditary, it couldn't be more different visually but like like i was saying like you see her smile and like you realize that she hasn't smiled once the whole movie you know what i mean not really not a real authentic not a real authentic smile no and when you see your character being happy like you start to realize that like you know it's it's he's ari aster is talking about like a group embracing you after a breakup you know what i mean like coming back Mm -hmm. into friends or a new group of friends like moving to a new city like that's the kind of shit like he's talking about and like when she wins the competition she's crowned the may queen and like people get hype people get hype (laughs) she downs this giant like flower vest thing uh which was kind of cool i guess uh maybe some fake flowers i don't know look kind of cool but like i I don't know did i miss anything from that dance scene it's it's pretty significant. The shots are awesome. pretty amazing. Like the choreography is yeah. incredible. That scene where incredible. like they they could have been like talking gibberish, but they were on mm-hmm. such like a similar emotional wavelength that mm-hmm. it was like they were communicating. Yeah, I don't know. It was just really neat, and um, it was also like uh, an important like juxtaposition that Christian is like paying no attention paying no attention to Danny at this point. Not like, at all. She's He's- like the main focal point of these scenes, and like. He's, like, kind of wandering off, like, in his own world. Like, he's, like, not, like, you're even concerned about her in the slightest. Mm-hmm. They're, they're literally, like, drifting drifting apart. It's, like, the final part of their breakup. And, and, and he's already starting to look at that, that other girl who, who loves Let's get into them. it. Okay. So, you said that you thought that the academic competition could have been cut. I feel like, while this is an important part of the story, I don't know if visually showing Christian fucking this like 13 year old girl while some 50 year old girl pu- pushes on his buttocks <laughs> to like enhance his humping and all of these old women are like moaning and dancing around him i don't know i feel like funniest feel part like, of the whole movie it was hilarious my theater went bananas dude we were <laughs> losing it my theater okay it was yeah. crazy i was in the small theater at cinemark it's only four rows and um, it was completely sold out the Ten Ten show, and mm-hmm. everyone lost. Sold it. out? That's nuts. <laughs> yeah, everyone awesome. was losing it. And the part where it really started to go down was when I think it was the mom of this very young woman, mm-hmm. like put her hands on Christian's cheeks and started yelling with the daughter. Then all the mm-hmm. other women started yelling. Everyone just lost it. Yeah, they're like moaning, right? They're like, yeah. Kind of- and it's again, it's kind of that theme of like this cult, this group, like is is hyper sympathetic, almost like hive mind esque. Where if like one is feeling an emotion, They're, they eat a people's emotions. They yeah. all feel it, yeah. But like, okay, here's that's what what happens on screen. And can I counter with that? We see Danny going through the celebration. She walks up to the door like she hears the moaning and she hears like this, this ritualistic moaning of like all these women she walks up to the keyhole looks in sees christian fucking this girl and is absolutely horrified could before we go on to what happens next because the scream is iconic and it's great i want to talk about that but like don't you think that like wouldn't that have been enough like couldn't we have just let our imagination do that like i feel like everything i know about movies tells me the imagination would have been better in that case but maybe i'm wrong because it was hilarious but 
Or what do you think? You mean, so you think, like, just the idea of, like, hearing the moans and not actually seeing Jack, like... I guess, uh, yeah. Not actually seeing Christian in the room, you think, like, it would have been better left to the imagination? I feel like you could have cut, like, ten minutes, and that would have really helped with the pacing, but then you lose the joke, so I don't, I don't know. You I'm, do lose kind of, like, that shock factor. And yeah. here's what I'll say about Ari Aster, which I didn't mind this not being cut, because this is a movie about a cult... And not really, like, a horror movie about, like, people going to see a cult. You know what I mean? They actually, like, Mm -hmm. explore a lot of parts of, like, a lot of the parts of this cult. Mm -hmm. The mythology, like we said, like, there are some inconsistencies, but it's almost just because, like, the mythology of the cult is so cool. Like, I'm, like, hyper paying attention. You know what I mean? I want to learn everything about it. And, like, they teach you a lot. They really, like, take a deep dive on it, and it really hits, like, a peak when uh, Florence Pierre is yeah. um you know she's throwing up she's running away into like another uh little barn and all the young women are like screaming with her emotions like at her it's mm-hmm. really interesting yeah like being again that that hive mind sympathy and like dude she's a great actress that scream great. is iconic dude yeah. that scream in the beginning like ruined my night when she finds <laughs> out that her sister when she finds out her sister and her parents are dead that blood-curling so screen that Tony Collette also did in Hereditary? Mm-hmm. Oh, that was chilling. Yeah. Ari Aster, I don't know. Like, I guess he... I heard that... I listened to another interview with him, one he did with The Ringer, and he was saying that he found her from Lady Macbeth, which is not a movie that I've seen, but, like, man, what a great job of casting to, to pull her down. Um, I feel but, like everyone was a pretty perfect cast, don't you? I wouldn't change it. No one was a sore yeah. thumb in this movie whatsoever. No, no, even like the random Swedish people are, are all really like creepy <laughs> in a way, which I guess they shot this in Hungary, not Sweden for the record. So like he was even saying that like it was really hard because it doesn't have the same like extreme daylight that Sweden has. So they only mm-hmm. shot this in like 40 days or something, which is, which is nuts. But, um, yeah, so like, so Christian impregnates this girl and she like does the thing from the Big Lebowski where her, where Maud's like increases the chances of conception and she's like rolling on her back. Yeah, and she I mean? goes, I feel the baby. It's yeah. like, you guys pulled the goalie once. No way he did that in the first try. No yeah. way. But, uh, yeah, so then he runs out and like hangs dong and it's like an erect dong too. You know it's very mean? odd. It's like fluffed. So that's like a thing. Um, <laughs> Then he comes across his dead companions in like a shed or something. Simon got a pretty raw deal. Is he alive? What happened to Simon? Simon is hung from wire horizontally about eight feet off the ground in this barn. Were those those his lungs breathing? Yeah, I think he was still alive at that time. He had been like cut open and like was his hanging like a bat. His back was completely cut open. Flowers were stuck where his eyes were, mm-hmm. and his lungs are breathing. I'm not sure what. Well, if what? Why is Simon having to suffer this? Like, what did he do that was that bad? Other than wanting to leave. I don't know. There's no justice of this like, group. I, just, we, like, did see, we did doors. see Josh's leg in a, in a, in a garden. Yeah, that was kind of cool. Yeah, his ups- sticking up. upside yeah. down leg just stuck in a garden, which is even creepier when Pella's tending to a garden earlier in the movie. Like, what are you doing? Oh, just tending to the garden. No, those were humans <laughs> in there. Yeah. So, so like, he gets knocked out, and he's, like, he's fed this, like, 
paralysis and then like like fucking tywin lannister and like season three of game of thrones like <laughs> Uh, cutting open an elk, like we see this elder like cutting open a bear, a and, bear, like, and he's so surgical it. about it. He's like, "Oh, don't mess with the intestines. Cut along the rib cage." <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep, and he puts he puts Christian in the bear suit, and then as the May Queen, uh, there are some people who are chosen to be sacrificed. They, they want to sacrifice like x amount of outsiders and x amount of like inside people. It's like per outsider, they have to also do insider. Something like that, yeah. And like, then, long story short, Danny gets to pick between Christian and some rando guy from the troop who's like chosen as like it's like a lottery ball. He's like he was very good looking too. Yeah, it's It's like like that guy. It's like a bingo thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, they do it. It's so funny. It's so silly. And like, and like, this is why it's kind of like the ultimate like catharsis of like a breakout breakup story because she chooses to burn. Her cheating ex alive, <laughs> paralyzed in a bear suit in this big yellow house that's been in the background of the movie the whole time, and you're like wondering what's it for? What's in this big yellow house? They're just it's just there to be burnt down and to burnt these people alive, and it's it's a freaking striking last scene because there's like there's people alive in there and they're like screaming too. It's pretty gruesome too because they like behead all the outsiders. And they go to, like, farm their body parts. It's really, like, there's, like, happy music playing, but it's really grotesque. It's awesome. And, like, the 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 group is, like, sympathetic, again, to, like, the, the burning uh, of their friends. Like, they're, they're, they're screaming and writhing in pain. And I think the last shot is, like, Danny smiling, right? Or, like, winking or, like, happy. Yeah, like, she's also wearing this, like a hundred pound flower dress like you can't see any extremities of her outside her head Mm -hmm. and it was a pretty cool moment when she had to choose between rico suave swedish dude and um her ex in a bear suit because you could tell she's really mulling it over Mm -hmm. and yeah uh christian never really made a peep when he was getting burned alive because he was in full paralysis and that's Midsummer. That's uh, Midsummer. <laughs> man. Any anything else that we missed? Anything else you want to talk about? Um I say if you're going to see this movie, I mean, sorry if we spoiled it or, you know, or if you didn't like it and you're listening to it now. Yeah. Like you just have to go I, I didn't really have the reference of this was going to be a horror movie. You know, seeing mm-hmm. Hereditary, which Hereditary I don't really consider a full-blown horror movie. I consider that to be more of like a family drama, drama with some horror elements in it. But, um, mm-hmm. like, this is a movie about a cult and learning about the cult and kind of growing with it. So, are there mm-hmm. parts of the cult that are scary? Yes. Are there parts of the cult that are like, wow, that seems pretty cool? Yes. And it's just a really neat blend. So, yeah, yeah I, I love this movie. I couldn't recommend it anymore. Solid 10 for <laughs> me. It's a big movie too. Um, like, like I said, it's a fairy tale. It's a breakup movie. It's a melodrama. It's a uh, really Jordan, layered. <laughs> yeah, Jordan Peele said anything that comes after Midsummer will have to contend with it. Uh, and I was kind of curious too. I have this as my favorite uh, movie of the year. I was kind of like A B tested it, and I got all the way up. It's like yeah, I like this more than Endgame. I like this more than Toy Story Four. Like this more than us, like this more than Guava Island. So it's like, yeah, this is probably my favorite movie of the year. Like, who do you think 
is the current king of horror, Jordan Peele or Ari Aster? <sighs> They're so different. It's like trying to compare Tarantino and Wes Are Anderson. They? I see. I They're reject that because dude. I feel like no. I I totally reject that because like they're both doing like comedic horror movies and they both had their second movie come out this year like it's a totally fair comparison it'd be a fair comparison if they weren't the same in the same genre which they are That's and if true. they didn't both have features come out this year like to me i would i gotta give it to I, I ari like, personally i would give it but. to ari but i like us more than i like midsummer but they're like 1a 1b i think they're both That's like perfect fair. movies yeah, I mean, it's. I think moreover, I, and that's just kind of like a fun debate question. I think moreover, we're lucky to have both those guys making movies. Like, this the only is reason a good I say that be is because, like, thing. they're both psychological horrors. I mean, they mm-hmm. and um, they both do really well with gruesomeness as well. But also, I give Ari the nod because he does dread so perfectly. It's like you know, nothing can happen, and really, of substance can happen in a scene, but you're still dreading it. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, yeah, that's all that I had. Two yeses, right? Not really much. Anything else to say? Yeah, I was just annoyed by the people walking out of this, out of the theater, saying that wasn't scary at all. I saw Hereditary, and this wasn't scary. This was boring. It's like, no, like, <laughs> this is yeah. a beautiful movie, and it's as I said, it's not a full blown horror movie. It's really just, you know, people with a lot of issues going to a commune and a lot of things going wrong. But everything that happens makes sense within that commune. You know okay, I mean? right before, yeah, right before we throw it to spoiler, man, one more thing. Am I wrong in my criticism that like all of these A24 quote-unquote horror, thriller, whatever you want to call them, movies end in the exact same way? Like, exact same. Like, it's formulaic at this point. We are the only people, we are the only podcast talking about this. I listened to everything and read everything I could about Midsummer, and no one else is saying that. And they're, they're identical ending. They're not bad. Yeah, but I mean, if you go weird. to The Witch, if you go to Midsummer, you go to Hereditary, Lady Bird's a coming of age film, but you can still throw it in there. It's the exact same formula. You know, Lady Bird needed more demons and more cults and more human sacrifice. Then it's it would have won the exact same formula, though. I mean, yeah. you're really on to something, Pap. Like the next, uh, like the next horror movie that A24 does, I bet you it has a pretty similar ending as this. Is the you know the the lost soul finding a home with the wrong people. Well, when that movie comes out, you and I will be there to talk we'll about it. We'll be there. Right, yeah. We'll All be right. there. Well, that's two yeses. Midsummer is preserved. Go see it. One of our favorite movies of the year. Take it away. Somer man. Ooh, I like that. Spoiler man here. Our email is podcast spoilers at gmail.com. Twitter is at spoilers underscore pod. Our Instagram is podcast spoilers. It's lit. Josh Hensley from the Rutabaga wrote our theme song. Our spoilers hotline is 903-776-4507. That's 903-SPOIL-07. Please support this podcast by leaving us an iTunes review. To do this, one, search for movie spoilers. Two, click on our orange spoilers bowl logo and scroll all the way to the bottom. Three, leave us some stars and some words. Now you can check us out on Spotify, YouTube, Stitcher, Apple, and Google Podcasts. If you enjoyed what you heard today, subscribe on SoundCloud or iTunes. It's a bear, 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 it's a bear.
Spoilers.